This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. How you doing? How you been? It's been a week. I've missed you. Did you miss me? Well, you can get more of me on my YouTube page. I smell so good today. It's this new deodorant I'm wearing, La Vanilla. It's the lavender and La Vanilla scent. It's not a sponsor. It just smells so good. I want to fuck myself. It's like a very erotic smell. Anyways, check out, speaking of er erotic, 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 erotic. Speaking of your, <laughs> go to my YouTube page, <laughs> subscribe to my YouTube page. That is where you can find the video for the podcast. You can also watch other fun videos, youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Join the fun. Tell your friends. Also tell your friends about the podcast. You know? Sharing is caring. So share the podcast with your friends that might benefit from it. Somebody who's lost somebody or somebody who just needs a laugh, a friend, some advice, learn how to get out of their own way. That's what we do here. That's what goes on in the Sharp Tongue podcast. So tell your friends. And also, I want to hear from you. Leave us a review. Rate and review us on Apple iTunes. We would very much appreciate it. Myself, Debbie, and I. Myself, Debbie, and I. Is that two people or three? I can't do math. Well, speaking of two, this is part two of my Grief Survival Guide mini-series episodes with Ryan Sickler. We get into the depths of it. We start off with the fucking kicker. <laughs> I have, I just didn't know how much this guy has been through in his life. And it's, the amount of trauma is humbling, to say the least. So I had a great time sitting down with him. And I still think we might need a part three. That much shit has happened to him, and I just enjoy talking to him so much. So I hope you guys enjoy part two of The Upside of Grief with Mr. Ryan Sickler. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh the whole point is for you to laugh but you also might cry i talk about my family i talk about farts, farts. i talk about love loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me 
Oh, we're still on this emotional roller coaster. Part two, back by extreme popular demand. <laughs> Don't be and we left off where your grandma's that. teeth were in the rug. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Listen, this is this is what I get because I make every one of my guests go through their trauma. So I <laughs> yeah. had to I had to listen to the very I go, let me listen to exactly where we left off so I could what? pick up. And it was literally like was my grandmother's teeth? bed. Yeah, teeth in the vacuum. In the rug. And then um <laughs> I would hear them rattle when I'd vacuum for no, months no, after. No. It was awful. <laughs> It was all. I thought wait. I had them all picked because it's tiny little pieces. And then when I would vacuum that area, oh my god! Because we we lived in her house. It was okay. So long. Wait, story I gotta short. tell you something first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please, please. I want to let you know that America's very pissed that we're not a couple. I I've seen. Okay, just you might you might receive hate mail. I'm I got a couple. You know. I got a couple people super <laughs> angry. Like, hey, when you figure it out, let me know. I'm like, are you are you not gonna listen now? Like. <laughs> I'm not sure. Are you no longer supporting either of us until we're together? I don't understand what. So They're not man. going to. They're not man. going to. We're going to have to. We're going to be thing. the new Tom Segura and Christina P. <laughs> oh, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> your stepmom's house. Your, your stepmom's. <laughs> it's either that or it's your Zad's house. Your Zaddy's <laughs> house. <laughs> Zaddy. Zaddy's house. I call you Zaddy. I know. I know. I've been I seeing in. that word more and more now, and I feel like you started that. Shit. I feel like if you walk through West Hollywood in shorts, you would totally get attacked by a bear. I remember um, this is probably a couple years ago. Maybe I'm walking with this girl, and uh, we're down in San Diego, and we're out on like the little path there and we're just walking by and these two guys whistle and i'm like i said look man you still got it girl and she's like ryan turn around and i did and i was like oh they were they were whistling for me they were like i still got it i was like i didn't know i had did i just get it like what do i do i'm gonna start talking to you about it because uh i think you just got it it's not something like not that you can't always have it but there's definitely a point in life for men where they 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 step into zaddydom and you're just there. It, I'm you, also, I don't give a fuck about it. After, especially after the pandemic. Like, what do I, we had people, try, uh, whatever. <laughs> we got a lot of cancellations going on in this motherfucking thing. We have what people do dropping I, what do like we flies. want approval from these motherfuckers for? Like, get, get out. Get the fuck out of here. Trash. Okay. Trash. Trash. I'm sorry. Trash. Yes. Right. We're step your stepmom's house. We're your stepmom's um, house. I love okay. that. It was uh, your grandma. Yeah. So grandma's fallen. dead. Now there's nobody. And we so my grandmother had two kids. My dad, my uncle. She rewrote her will when my father passed that his 50%. They each got 50%. When she was gone, like you get half, you get half. Half Listen, of what? Was Whatever she stuff? had, she had a home. Oh yeah, she had a home and everything. Yeah, um, my dad left fifty percent of bills he owed. So. Yeah, there's that too and shit. My grandma was like <laughs> a single lady. My her my grandfather died early, and um, she didn't she w- didn't have much and didn't want much, but she did own her home. Um, That's pretty and, badass for a woman, yeah. especially from that era. To, Coming to out of World anything. War II and all. Yes, hell and yeah, paid off, paid off. You know, damn. So, 
But again, she had lived there for 30 some years. You know what I mean? This was her. They moved out of the city right to, I mean, right to the line. You know what I mean? Like, we're getting out of the city, motherfucker. And they went right there. You know what I mean? Like, right there. Did she have doilies everywhere? Was she like a quintessential grandma? Like, she's an Italian things? grandma. So she had. Oh, there must have been plastic. Plastic and just fucking the smells also good all the time. Did you ever you have know? those cookies with like the jelly in the middle? Mm-hmm. You, you know, those little fucking cookies yeah. that grandmas always have? Always. And then the tins. There'd be tins. So many tins. Like, Why did what? grandmas fucking love tins? Who comes in tins? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tin. My grandma, my mom at her and house. That's same, right? <laughs> For this bitch had like cookie jar tins. Never made a cookie in her life. Grandma, where's the sewing kit? <laughs> it's in the cookie tin. <laughs> like, okay, all right. Which one? The blue one? Nah. Chocolate chip cookie tin. Okay, here they are. It's a bunch of marbles in here for some reason. Like, what do you? Like oh, that's the marble tin. You know, why? But it's why nine mar- Just random marble. So many marbles. My mom had a box of marbles. 24 what years of my have set. What is she running like a midnight poker ring and some sort of weird like basement games to, to raise money on the side? What are all these fucking marbles? It's so it's such a weird thing. So I, I think I they should was, do a show called, or we should do a podcast called Your Junk Drawer or just Junk Drawer <laughs> and go over and see what people keep in their junk drawers and then start to be like, hey, 90 percent of y'all have rubber bands you and, know? All, and so many keychains, <laughs> yeah. so many keychains and keys that, tape to, measure, to go to nothing. Random tape, a small one is in there. Oh, wait, wait. You know, earplugs I have in mine. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just this rolled is for up sewing. It. And I can also tell that that's never used because that motherfucker's rolled up nice and tight. I'm just extreme Virgo. I roll it up like this every time. This is what I use to hang frames in the house. That's how you hang them up? Just with this sewing kit tape. It's not even measuring tape. It's sewing tape. It's in my junk drawer. That is so funny <laughs> that you said that. Mm. I honestly had a thought last night when I knew we were going to do part two. I was thinking, I can't imagine uh, being a mother and looking at my son, one of three, half of a twin, and saying, that's the one I don't want. Yeah. I can't even like, you know. I can't understand it. I had a here's the here's the good thing. I had enough love from my father, from my grandmother, from my mom's mom, even my other grandmom who would tell me like my mom's mom uh, who lived with us for a little while. When we were kids, we had this nice house out in the county. And now it makes sense. Like we were I was always like, Grandma, I live with us. But if she was helping pay the mortgage. Obviously, you look back on something like that. Now you're like, oh, OK, because everyone's dead. So you, you don't get, and that was the thing that drove me nuts. Everybody used to tell us, we'll tell you when, when you're older. I'm like, yeah, well, you ain't going to be here when I'm older. And I'm talking about three years older. You know what I mean? Yeah, From I'm talking that, like a week. You're all dead. So that should be the title of our podcast. <laughs> everyone's, dead. everyone's dead. So um, they would tell me all the time. My, my My mom's mom would tell me, this is not normal. It's not. Your mom... Definitely does not treat you properly. My, wow. my my dad's mom would too, but my dad's mom was such a good mom and grandmom that it blew her mind that um, 
like you said, a mom could even do this. So it was tough for her because here's this woman who's shattering her son, who's wrecking her family, tearing her grandkids, all of it, and still would still at the end of the day throw in, she is your mother because she couldn't. She couldn't pull that out of no. her to be like, yeah, fuck her. You know, she next couldn't. generation down, we were like, I, we got that out of us. <laughs> Do you think she was diagnosed? Was she ever diagnosed with anything? We've reconnected, which we can get to later, but we've talked about it. And uh, no, I mean, she's not like she definitely had issues. But do you think it was post 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 mortem mortem (laughs) depression, like way post? (laughs) I mean, like the most two, three decades, doesn't I don't know. I'm not a woman, so I'm going to step out and let y'all have this. Where the moms at? Where the stepmoms at? Where the moms? Where the moms? Where the moms at? <laughs> I don't know how long that shit lasts. Maybe. How did you? How did you process that as a kid, or did it take you becoming an adult to sort of process? Yeah, that? when you're when I well for me, and I imagine for a lot of younger people too. You know what they say? We're, we're we think we're bulletproof or young, dumb, full of right. cum. It didn't matter. It made me mad. And instead of um, turning to drugs or anything like that, when everyone started dying, it wasn't like I just released the shit they had instilled in me and went to be this other person. I felt that I owed them. I felt that my father gave his life for us. Literally, I felt the same about my grandmother who took us in and died in front of me. So when she gave my dad, she rewrote her will to give us 50%. So my dad's 50% comes to his three kids and we divvy that 50% up three ways, right? right? My uncle gets the other half. Well, what ended up happening was my uncle's son, our cousin, who we were all very close, becomes this degenerate gambler. And steals my identity, oh, my no. brother's identity. Oh no! My dead grandmother's, which is his grandma. <laughs> we have the same last name, <laughs> and our grandfather who died in 1973. This motherfucker's got a credit card in his. Damn, name. he went through the whole family. He got all of us, and none very of us knew. successful. None of us knew. We're 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 kids who now don't have a dad. Who our mom's long gone. She's not even deciding to take us. She's kicked us out. And now we live with grandma and grandma just dies and we are keeping her place the way she kept it out of respect for her. That's why I'm saying I'm vacuuming and I would hear the clanking of, of teeth rolling around in there. And I just have to relive that every fucking time. So I stopped vacuuming at least that landing where she fell. I'd hit the steps with the old Hoover. I'd go, you don't know, that's where my OCD was born out of trauma. There's no doubt. I believe it's definitely a side effect of trauma. Um, I'm, I can't, for a lot the of teeth people. thing is going to be stuck with me it's for a very ha- long you, time. You, <laughs> you, I can tell you, I could right now, if somebody goes, what's this sound? I'm like, that's teeth rolling around in a vacuum. <laughs> I can, I can identify that. Up next on name that sound, <laughs> Tom Bergeron's new game God. show. That's teeth y'all. That's teeth and a Hoover. That's teeth rolling around in a that's a partial plate rolling around in a Hoover vacuum. <laughs> Bam! You got that, by the way. A partial 
Marshall. Yeah, that's a crown. I think Marshall, that's a porcelain Marshall, crown. Par- she would take this like retainer out that had like three teeth, and I'm like, "What is that?" She's like, "It's a partial plate. It just fills the three teeth back here missing." I'm like, "Nobody sees them. They, I see them when you take it out, put it on the bedside table." It's a partial plate rolling around so, in a hoover. Cousin, degenerate oh. gambler, steals everyone's identity and money, and now has himself in such a fucking hole that our uncle who calls us his three extra kids decides I got to save my son and his family. So he throws my brother and I out, changes the fucking locks. Jesus. Why so dramatic? Us over. He changed this is the our locks? house. This is our house, but he didn't what? like that it was our house. Cause he grew what? up in that house. Yeah. Oh changed the locks. God. We are now homeless. Now we're homeless. Okay? Again, so, kind mm-hmm. of my brother goes to live with a girl. He's seeing at the time. And I now go live. I'm, I live in my car for just a few weeks. I'll go stay at a friend's house to sleep over. It's I'll sleep in, you know, a, a church parking lot. I would do that a lot. Um, oh, my God, Ryan. But, so but I want to give you a had, sympathy puss right now. <laughs> <laughs> that business is going boom, girl. Yeah, we got to wrap this up soon. I got Chantel coming over from <laughs> If you want to wait, it's so my man. Be, I'll only pay for 15 minutes. So that's it's my sympathy pussy I'm wagon so- fan. <laughs> and it skids when it pulls up out front. It doesn't just stop. <laughs> like, I want it to rock back. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. My pussy's here. Hang on, y'all. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go cry. You got lunch or a woman. Nah, no, it's just sad nah, bad. My it's sad bad. Last week. I got some symptoms. <laughs> What's up, Chantel? All right. So I hop from. And I, I you know, I, we were the kids again that had no parents in high school and everyone's parents let their kids stay there. As long as we went to school, we got as long as it didn't interfere. So we made sure. I'm telling you, we would roll out to Kmart at eight o'clock at night and go in there and buy shit. We'd be making science mobiles for this guy's project that was due tomorrow over here. We're doing like, who's got what over there? <laughs> We're doing like, help my brother with his science shit. We, do, who's good at math in here? You help her. The girls would come over like you. You would absolutely 100%. If we went to high school together, you would be a mainstay at our place. <laughs> your mom would love us and know your grades would be good. You'd be doing your sport, everything you're supposed to be doing, but you're over there helping friends. And I'll be like, "Just you good at math? Great. Please help my little brother with his math. And we made sure. And this is you guys in a house without parents. Yeah. We made sure everyone's projects were done. We made sure everyone had their shit together. We made sure everybody was up and at school. Plus, we played sports. And that was all we had. And if you were late or anything, that's that's what they would take from you. And we were like, we ain't, we're not about to miss this game this week yeah. or any of that. Who would so be the disciplinarian? There would be no real disciplinarian. We just would all help each other, you know. Mm. And who was um, the oldest? You were you weren't the oldest, were were you? No, I'm four minutes younger. That's right. Yeah, but remember, we talked about me kicking him out, and I've only had four minutes of peace and fucking quiet <laughs> my entire goddamn life. So <clears throat> somebody's always been right over my motherfucking shoulder. You know what I mean? So I feel like they were reaching in to pull me out, and I was like, "Yeah, I shoved his ass <laughs> out of there." You go first, motherfucker. It's quiet. I was like, ah. So we get kicked out. I eventually move in with my grandmom's sister, my Aunt Marguerite. Now, what's 
typical about our family. We're a big extended Italian family. Aunt Marguerite is already has her three grandkids living with her, my other cousins, because her son is a paranoid schizophrenic and can't Holy raise shit, man. Kids. So she takes me in, but I make her a promise. I make her a promise that I'm not going to be here long. I'm working at UPS already graveyard shift. Shout out to UPS Baltimore Hub Primary One Joe Avenue. And I'm going to college every fucking day, every day. So she's not even going to see me. I need a couch. You know what yep. I mean? I'm going to get up at seven o'clock in the morning or 6.30. I'm going to be at a 7.30 a.m. class. I'm going to be there all fucking day till two or three. I'm going to have my clothes in my car. I'm going to change in my car. I'm going to drive to UPS and I'm going to go in at 3.30 or 4. I'm going to work until two or three in the morning. Damn. I'll come in. I'll slide in through the sliding glass door out back, lay on the couch. I get three or four hours sleep. That's my life for years. Okay. What did you study in college? Well, I started uh, and fucked up with like, God, physical therapy. Like, I ended up with a bachelor of science because I took so many human anatomy and physiology and shit. But I ended up with mass comm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and let's fucking downshift. OK, but all of that paid off because this is all we do now. Everything I did in college with the classes of learning how to, you know, obviously it's digital and it wasn't then, but. It's all the same shit. It's all yeah. angles and lighting. And that's we, we started this, you know, because my light blew out. Um, <laughs> you got to get these blues. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you gotta get, um, so I then during all that, my I find an apartment for my brother and I. And then also, I'm not even kidding. This is like fucking February. I'm living with Aunt Marguerite and I wake up one morning to her screaming, Jimmy's dead. That's our cousin. Oh, Jesus. This motherfucker dies of a heart attack. So then she throws the wake at her home and here comes shitty uncle and his family. And no one can believe that they're showing up. No one. I'm still not over the fact about how many people have died in your presence. It was so many. I'm telling you, we started a family death pool. We legit did. (laughs) Who's up? Who's up? Aunt I would Marguerite? say all the time, like, hey, Aunt Margaret, how you feeling? She's like, ah, oh, I feel so good. I'm like, good, good. You know, I got you this year. Son of a bitch. Like, they'd be so mad. But now I'm starting to get to the age where I tell my cousins, like, we're about to be on deck. You know what I mean? No. And our family people died at 42. I'm already yeah. six years older than that. I am on deck. And this, I'm on, You're listen, right. I'm a product of fertility pills. I'm, I'll outlive my father. I'm just, I'm on house money. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm on house money right now. We're going to rock it so the wheels fall off. Simply pussy for everybody. Feel- <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to have outlived your father? That's that got to be a bizarre. What when year I hit was 43 that? Uh, five years ago, so 2016, it was. It was. I, and here, we, this could be a five-parter because crazy <laughs> shit happened. So anyway, homeless. Now we have an apartment. We live in this apartment. And... What we <laughs> what we don't realize about this apartment community is that we are the only white people in this motherfucker, oh, and shit, I okay. mean like like so like not the only but like at five percent, okay? Where and everyone we thinks gone, you're the super, the supers yeah. are white, so a nice but white hey, family. We got white, like where people say we have white neighbors. You know what I mean? Like you ever been in a situation where you're the white neighbor? <laughs> yeah. We're the white neighbors. I want to be in that sitcom, though. That's our sitcom. We're the family. 
<laughs> so we could be a good like uh husband wife sitcom couple oh my we have to write it we, oh god we could we really could have a good we really could i think that's we can be, we would we parent a couple on the same in, in hollywood <laughs> i'd be like what'd your mother say I'm, all right you said set it on fire Fucking light it up Thank i'm god in the damn. basement smoking a bong <laughs> we would be on shifts i promise you <laughs> Okay, so now we're in this apartment complex, and I go to work one. This is like the first weekend we're there. So my brother has all our buddies over. You know, the, the same crew that's been running with us since 10th grade when we had no parents. By the way, I still talk to I was just so ask. many of them. Oh, so how could you not? Like, it was such a bond. I still talk to about a, probably a do- almost 10 of them, maybe. Did you have um, a teacher or like a, you know, older person who stepped in some way? Throughout yeah, that we, had, we had good teachers, but um, that, that sort of they didn't know. You know what I mean? They were just like, how are you doing? We're good. I've never told anybody. I, I don't think I've ever told anybody I wasn't good, even when yeah. I wasn't good. Well, because that's um, just survival. You don't want to yeah. get into it. It's I too bad. Want, I got to live it again. But you didn't have any like those teachers from Florida. I had, I had friends, moms. Oh. <laughs> I wish there was, like, <laughs> there was a couple of hot ones where I was like, God. Oh, man. So now we're up to. Dad, grandma, cousin Jimmy of dead people that have died in front of you. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy didn't die in front of me. But well, dad but and grandma are in the yes. vicinity, in the vicinity. So um, we're living in our place. And um, the same year my grandmother dies. I got to jump back for a second. The same yeah. year my grandmother dies in April of that year. A couple months later, my who I consider my mom growing up, my friend Shannon, like, our kids are friends. Like we still go way back. His sister gets killed in a car crash with a friend of ours. Months later, she was sitting Jesus. on my lap because she knew my grandmom crying about my grandmom and hugging me and being like, this girl's telling me I can't at the funeral. I can't believe your dad's dead. And now your grandmom's dead. And you know, we're, I'm probably, I'm 20. So she's probably 18. And I just remember her sitting with me because I'm sitting on a chair bawling and she just sat. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months later, She's gone. And we watched her die because she was on life support. And they had to oh, take, my God. And that was brutal. Oh. And what's even crazier about life. So I'm at this hospital and this nurse comes up to me and I'm like, oh, my God. I had a friend named Anthony Biasella back in high school that had moved to Florida. And we just lost touch back then because it was the fucking 90s, the oh. early 90s. And um, she's like. I go, you're Anthony Biasella's sister. She goes, I am. And Anthony's on the phone. He'd like to talk to you oh, because he knew God. all the high school people too. He had just moved a few years. And I was like, that's how we reconnected in the hospital over this, my friend dying. So she dies, which that one broke me. That broke me to go back to back. And then in November, my other grandmom dies. And as she died, I, she had Alzheimer's. I went to see her in the hospital and I just sat by her bedside and said goodbye. And that one was brutal. So that year was just a oof, gut punch like, after gut punch. Man. So now if you want to tally them up, my dad, both grandmoms and my friend Kelly and my cousin Jimmy in a, a span of just five years. Five, and you're not years. you're not even 20 at this point or I'm 20. A, I'm not even about, 21. Yeah, yes. yeah. And that's when I first moved to L.A to go to college and also try comedy, but the Northridge quake hits and ruins all of that. And I go back to Maryland 
finish school working at UPS, come back out. That's what happens there. So I live with my brother in this apartment and I'm just working at night and saving money. And I'm going to save a whole five grand and move to LA because five thousand. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. You, if you're smart, you could do a lot with that money. Except when you get here, you realize that that's like five dollars, and you're that's like, "Wait, a burrito and your, a gas your, your apartments Take don't come with fridges. <laughs> your apartments don't come they, with the fridge. They sometimes Everyone don't. They came with a fridge, even if it was a mini one. Yeah." And I'm like, hey, that's a how I got to go buy a used fridge and get a truck and get some. And there goes. Ching, 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 ching. I got towed parking tickets, you know, but I'm busting my ass as a college kid with no net. I haven't had an I'm working with no net since 16. So I'm racking up credit cards and living off of that, living off of whatever I can. And then I save enough money and I move out here. That's and how what did you that? I still I'm baffled. And I was talking about this with my assistant, Debbie, who listens to these. What's up, Debbie? <laughs> we both were like how you haven't turned into a horrible person. And listen, I say all the time, there's I got time. I have to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, tomorrow I might be like, you know what? Just fuck say you. Right, man. Fuck y'all. And just lose it. I might just fucking pull my dick out, walk right down Santa Monica Boulevard with two fingers up. And be like, let's just cancel me now. Let's go. Wrap it up. Here it is. <laughs> um, or at least I'll, I'll how you're going to get into drugs, that. you know? I, like, well, I, I mean, I smoke marijuana. I'll, I'll tell you, I have answers to that. I have that's answers. That's medicine. So my, my father, again, my father taught me about women the same way he taught me about race in the sense that he would say, listen, you know, watch these people, these races talk about black people and, and look what race they are. I'm like, well, those white people, y'all. And he's like, you think there aren't just as many white assholes as there are black? He's like, Ryan, there's as many Asian, black, white, native, whatever ass. There's always assholes from every group. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden assholes should just be lumped together. There is no race. You're just a bunch yep. of assholes, you know? Yeah. And then he taught me about women and he was like, your mom, what your mom is doing to you specifically is not normal. It's not right. And wow. he was like, what, look, what a, uh, for a man to do that in that era, I'm, what my dad pulled gift. me aside and was like, I don't want you to hate women. I don't oh want God. you to dislike women. He's like, look at your friend's mom, who I consider my mom, Miss Sandy. He's like, Look at the women you admire and love in your life. Look at your grandmothers and her sisters and how they are. And that's what it, even my own mom's mom. He's like, look, that look what they're telling you and listen and be open to that. Your mom's not normal. And don't think that every woman is like this. Wow. That's so, I, so powerful that's for a kid and a young man. And even like yeah. men listening, have that conversation regardless of for real. Just, just let them you, know. Listen, I my daughter's mom and I, we go, look, the, I don't bat a thousand. She doesn't bat a thousand. Right. We have our ups and downs for sure. But I do not shit on her ever in front of my daughter. I tell her all the time, you have two great parents. Oh, what are you and your mom going to do? What are you girls getting into today? You're going to have so much fun with your mom. Like I yep. hype it up. There is no issue in my daughter's world. Um, that's our bullshit. Yeah, and, and that so many parents be, carry that enter. over. Yeah, that's not to enter your world. That's mom shit and my shit. And we both love you and support you. And that's all you need to even worry about. I'm we're 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 professional with each other at, at the worst. 
You know well, what I, I mean? I think that well, it's it's obviously uh, I think the healthiest way to be, but the fact that your father said that to you, he did. It's the emotional depth and awareness of the impact that that would have on you and and how that conversation can be the breeze that sets you in the path away from drugs and the path away from becoming a pathology. It did. did. You know what? You're making me think right now. And this is a thought I've never had during all of this, man. You want to kiss me with an open mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you just made me think of a a thought enter my brain, an equation. I, I wish now I could be a fly on the wall Mm. to the conversation my grandmother as a mom is having with my dad as her son about, Hey, you need to talk to these boys about their mom. And this is what, you know, maybe, ah, man, I would love to, I I got the byproduct of that. I got the end result of them communicating. Um, But man, I wish I could go back and hear that now, but, but also too. That's a beautiful um, thing to say though, honestly, like to know, and to believe that it came from her, you know, like to yeah. know that it took a woman to sort that's of right. set that path. Mm-hmm. You because know, that's my the- dad's father died when he was young. Um, He's probably tw- in his twenties. I maybe, I can't really remember probably about that, but uh, yeah. So she was a single mom with him the whole time. And that's something I never really you're just making me think that my grandma was a single mom for wow. a long time. I just never even really put that. Yeah. She was all, in those years. It's funny. I always saw her as a widow. And this is the one who owned She's the house, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, see, yeah. that's like, for and my that, other grandmom for... did too. They were both Italian women that were fucking. Like, that's the my, thing about Italian mom... women, man. They're so independent and they're so yes. strong. And to be able to be a woman in that era, a, a single woman and to have a home. Yeah. Like that's so taken for granted now because of how things have evolved. But for like a woman, can't, then, no one can get one now. No, <laughs> the, the market's about to crash. Yeah. If you got men in the title of your sex, you ain't getting a motherfucker now. <laughs> no. But that's, you know, that's as hard as it comes. That's as tough as it comes. And in a city like Baltimore, too, just where everything is blue collar, hardworking, like, you know. How did your grandma make ends meet? Well, As she had my, my grandfather was in the service. And so she just had a small she got a pension from his mm-hmm. um, whatever uh, from the government and lived off of that and like Social Security. And that was it. I mean, she didn't I can't imagine she lived off more than a couple grand a month. You that's, know, I mean, that's like my fucking weed budget. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Nana. That's me vacuuming up her teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, actually. I'll let you know if I cry tonight. And I'm like, hey, I did. And you nailed it. You nailed it. It uh, it did. It triggered me. Um, So so to answer your question, that's why I haven't become a fucking lunatic. Because also then I would talk to my friend's moms and tell them my dad said this. And I'm like. But also, you know, when you go to your other friends' houses, you're like, I- I'm. I-, I know I laugh at this all the time because this most basic shit. But I'm like, oh my god, I-, I saw your mom hug you three times today. Wow. I-, I heard your mom say, "I love you." 
What would and that I would do see to you? That in other friends. Well, at first, it's like that's, it's it just strikes you as different. It doesn't affect you at first. I'm more affected now by especially being a parent, but also this the honeydew, like listening to other people's stories because someone will say something. I'm like, yeah, look, I'm 48. I'm sitting here with you right now and I've never considered my grandma a single mom. I've never thought to have the thought of I wonder what dad and grandma talked about and advice given and, and, you know, thoughts exchanged about how to handle this situation. I do know when when my daughter was born, I bawled. Because he wasn't there. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to ask him, like, because she didn't fucking sleep at all. She keeps the comics hours. My daughter is straight up (laughs) one of us. And I believe it's hereditary and it's all my fault. But it is. She'll be 11 o'clock. Dad. I'm like, no, no more thoughts. (laughs) No No more thoughts. No more thoughts. It's so hard to shut it off. But I can't. And I know where she's at. I'm like, I know where you're at. So then she'll go to sleep. Um, But she stays up late and. A friend of mine asked me, she's um, she's a journalist, and she's like, if you could ask your dad one question, what would it be? And I said, would you like to meet your granddaughter? And she's like, well, of course he would. But I go, no, no, no. You don't, I, your dad alive? She goes, yeah. I go, so you don't get it. I mean, I would actually like to ask that question. I'm never going to ask that question. Yeah, oh, I I'm saying I would like to actually speak that to yeah, him. Right. Would you like to meet your grand? I know he's going to be like, fuck yeah. But I'd like to say that mm-hmm. I'm never going to get to say that. Yeah, that's brutal. So um, he was everything, everything. And my grandmoms and the women in my life that he brought in and introduced us to our friends, moms, like they would pull us aside. They were women. You know what I mean? The dads were sort of like, you good? Yeah. You know, put a little dirt on it and get out there. You know, <laughs> it they ain't living if it ain't messy. Were alive. <laughs> but the women, my friends, moms, the ones that saw us as good kids and knew what we were going through, they certainly had an eye and an ear out for us. I could definitely say that. And it's Um, amazing how, you know, we'd live these somewhat solitary lives now, how we raise our children, but the impact that a group of people has on an individual is immeasurable. It takes a village. That's what It does. It does take a village. And, you know, the littlest, the littlest nudge can have the greatest results. Yeah, it can. You know, every little conversation. I remember one of my friend's moms, a girl I was dating in high school. This never leave me. This is my my girlfriend's mom who adored me. But she told me one time, she said, Ryan, a good man knows how to cook in the bedroom and the kitchen. <laughs> I've never forgot that. I That's was 18. great. I was 30 years old. Oh my God. And there are her mom. And her mom knew we were having sex. Her mom gave us condoms. Her mom put her on birth control. Her mom was not like, you are not getting, I know what's going on. You're not having a baby. I had a baby young. That shit's not happening. And then they would go on vacation for like two weeks and we would just be, (laughs) I mean, all over the place. Oh, (laughs) man. So you just look off and you're like, man, those were the days those were you start breathing days. heavy and forgetting we're recording. <sighs> I got my night pants down right now. No, no um, drugs. Let's go to drugs. Why I didn't get hooked drugs. on drugs? Too. I there were plenty of people coming to our house. Listen. 
there were so many drugs around that I could have easily have done them. I've watched people do cocaine. I watched this. I'm talking about 16 to 18 when we're just in high school in that little apartment. And everyone would be there because Saturday, you don't know who's coming. There was right. one time. OK, you could you could if you knew you knew and you could <laughs> stand on this chair on the porch and you could pull yourself up onto the roof, <laughs> the first ledge of a roof because there was a higher one. Right. And then that window wouldn't lock. You could slide up. You can get in our place. OK. And the ones that knew knew. So one te- one night we come home and I'm with both my brothers. We've just come home from our grandmother's and we drive. You know, we're like 16, 17. <laughs> and everybody's in that. There's a party in our house. Like, <laughs> you guys were <laughs> and we pull. I walk in first and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're like, oh, Derek let us in. I was like, did he? I go, Derek. And Derek walks up. I'm like, well, Derek's with me. We've been at our grandma. Oh, Todd. I'm like, Todd. Todd rolls up. I'm like, well, here we are. I'm like, sorry, man. We got to put the window up. And there's 20 people in there party. So the one good thing about if you're going to have a silver lining to any of it is you have you have complete freedom, good or bad. That's you have true. Unlimited freedom. And you could either do positive or negative, and we chose to do a little bit of both. You know what, what I'm saying? What was like the like, worst thing about having all that freedom? Not not having love and hugs and oh, reassurance. Oh, God, and, I wasn't ready for that answer. And support. <laughs> that. that the worst. I was, I was, Every day waking up being like, no one's going to hug me today. Oh, my God. No one's going to tell me they love me today. No oh. one's going to say, good job. No one's going to say, are you hungry? No one's going to say, are you hungry? I'm coming over right now. I'm, br- I'm, getting the wagon. I'm getting the van and I'm bringing six other girls. Tatiana, get, my, hey, get my blue chew. Get my blue chew. Get the pink, get the She's pink one in the purple. That's the answer to your question. Like, hey, oh. would you like a sandwich? Hey, you need a ride. Uh-huh. Nothing. Nothing. That's the hardest part. All the, all the shit. That you take for fucking granted is the hardest part. Oh my basic, god! Basic shit. So, um, was not ready for that. You know, everybody's partying. So when, also again, not having parents, you have unlimited freedom. So we, I, I can't tell you. I went to every concert that rolled through Maryland and Baltimore. <laughs> I mean everything. But the way to get the drugs that you didn't normally get was when the Grateful Dead came to town. So <laughs> when the dead came to town, we'd all go to the parking lot show. We were, some, I only went and saw them once, but I probably went to five shows and just walked the parking lot and, you know, met all eat. the people. Yeah. Watch all the deadheads, watch them selling PB and J's and they're needing a miracle and like just checking out that whole culture. And um, but my friends would come back. I'm like, I got opium. I'm like, where the fuck did you get out? Who are you talking to? I was with you. <laughs> got opium, acid, coke, all the shit that would come back. I never saw anyone use needles or any of that, but I saw everything else. Shrooms. And I never did any. I didn't even smoke weed back then. I didn't smoke weed until really smoke weed until I was 21. When yeah. I, and it took me a good month for it to like affect me the way I, I wanted it to. Uh, Cause I, you know, you forget, you have to learn how to smoke. I don't even think about like, oh yeah, I have to learn how to take smoke into my yeah, lungs. Yeah, you do. It's a really good point. I always you tell know? people like, you got to go low and slow yeah. and find your, find your space in the space. That's it. You really do. Um, Cause it can be amazing medicine yeah. if you do it that way. So I didn't, and I only started doing it on weekends for years. And then it wasn't until later. And now I realize like, 
I don't drink. I, I, I drink. Look, I have a. But you're drink. not a drinker. No, I've had the same. You'll have beer. a Coors. I will have a Coors Pure. <laughs> I had a Bud Light in my fridge for eight months, and you know what I did with it last night on Fourth of July? No, you, you shotgunned it. I used it to steam my fucking shrimp. I put beer, <laughs> vinegar, and water. I don't even care about drinking that. Fucking yeah, drink, I wouldn't drink Coors Pure. So, um, <laughs> I'm kind of the know, same way these days when it comes to drinking and weed. I, I'll have weed. All day, but all day, two drinks. And I'm like, damn, I feel like I got tore up from the floor yes. up. And then I don't want to have my daughter. And then when she goes to bed, I have it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's. I, I, I've i been lately been telling myself the fact that you only smoke weed. Good for you, dude. Like, hell yeah. Don't Are you kidding me? After what I've been through, if what I'm only fuck? smoking weed, I should be a statistic. I should be dead. I you should be should. a loser. I should be. A, I, look, I'm not saying I'm not an addict. I'm addicted to caffeine, food. I'm addicted. You know, I've got my shit. You're not. But, I mean, you're. But you're I got no, my shit Maury together. Maury Povich isn't coming over and cutting a hole in your wall to get you out of the house. No. Okay. <laughs> we don't need to forklift your ass off the couch. No, you're you fine. Don't. And also, I've never borrowed money from a relative. I've never had to ask for anything. I've made sure that I haven't been a nuisance to anyone else. I don't ever want to be that. You know what I mean? I don't want to be your charity case. I don't. I'll tell you. Here's a feeling that I'll never forget. That made me feel two two of them that made me feel awful. Um, after my dad died, people were so kind and caring and. My friend's mom, Miss Sandy, who I tell you is my mom, she comes over with these trash bags of just cl- brand new clothes people went to the store and bought for us. I oh mean, bags on them. And and I didn't want any of them. I felt like it made me feel like the biggest fucking loser. Oh. That strain. I'm like, who gave this shit to us? They're like, everyone. And I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want anything. I'm getting in the fucking van again. <laughs> We're not done yet. Wait, hold on. Let me, get, let me get Rashida. To Rashida. I love Rashida. <laughs> I went to high school with Rashida. She was like my best friend. Rashida. Wait, let me get you fully ready. I'm gonna tell you the next one. Oh God. I probably should have asked you to prep me emotionally for this episode. So that may we're got we have to get the people's questions too. We're being Oh my god. We really let me say this though. Okay. And then I'm gonna, we can. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them ready. The worst feeling i think after all of this is the first day back at school after my father's funeral viewing because remember it was a excused absence so a lot of people came and i know everyone meant well but walking the hallway and having people stare at you i was just like this fish in this aquarium that everyone just stared at and to their credit too who knows what to say to a fucking 16 year old who has no parents now who Nobody knows? knows. Even kids that it, the the friends I had that had lost a parent already, they still had their mom. You know what I mean? They still had their mom. I'm like, yeah, we don't have that. So <laughs> I I remember we, we actually didn't get that deal. We uh they ran out of that. That like, actually a, expired. <laughs> and just feeling like I've I've only felt like I didn't want to be me one day in my entire life. As bad as all that shit's been, I've only felt like I didn't want to be me, and that was the day. That was the day I didn't want to be me in the, that that eight hour school day or whatever. That's got to go on your book. It felt fun. There's only been one day I didn't want to be me. And it was a day I had to walk the halls of my school after my the dad first died. day after my dad died. Yeah, it was. It was it's it's so, almost like it's like the walk of shame from yeah. Game of Thrones. It's probably felt so long and lonely and confusing and, just, and 
everyone staring at you because even people like ninth graders or older kids, 11th and 12th, because I'm only in 10th grade there, even if they don't know me, I'm that kid. There's that kid whose dad just died. There's his brother over there. You know what I mean? Like it was fucked up. So when it came to, I don't know if I said this before, but when it came to senior night, um, we were, we were really good at soccer and um, it's parent night, senior night. That's the last home game of your whole high school. Your parents walk you out on the field. Oh my God. Did you roll the coffin? Did you guys put hydraulics on your dad's coffin? (laughs) We walked out with ashes and these urns like, (laughs) we didn't look at you. Look at you. No, everybody got old school buried. <laughs> no, we. Uh, I was so like, seriously, like I can't. Because- everyone on our team had both parents, oddly enough, and they're all walking out, and we're the last two. So they came, oh my, my brother God. and Come I. Come on. They gave us each. A che- so I had two cheerleaders, one on each arm, and he had two, and these two girls walked us out. That was like kind of sympathy pussy, I guess. The I was gonna say, did they fuck you in the va- in the wagon after two on the school I bus? A, I had I had my share of cheerleaders. In high oh god, that's so fucking heartbreaking, and not in like I uh, I pity you or anything like that. No, it, I hear you. As a woman, you know, even though I've never had a child, so obviously that sort of psychological change that happens to a woman, I haven't experienced. But I think being having lost my mother, there's a a similar thing going on where I know the loss of that sort of magnitude. Um, It just seriously breaks my, it makes me want to breastfeed you and make you a sandwich. (laughs) You like, you like Cubanos? Oh my God. I love a Cuban sandwich, girl. Are you kidding me? We go to Versailles right now and get a Cuban sandwich or El Floridita. So Gordon introduced me to that place right next to the M bar where we used to do stand up. That little spot. Oh my god! And they only do it at lunch. It's the best goddamn Cuban. Oh sandwich my god! We need to get stoned. How you talk Cuban my sandwich. language? Fuck yeah! <laughs> okay, wait. Speaking of talking language, yes, right, I'm just right. trying to find a segue to these questions. Let's do it now. Let's these just... are from part one. All right. Oh my um, god. Okay. So flapjacks double zero twenty four. What's the best weed you've ever smoked? Starting off simple. Know. I'll say the best weed I ever smoked, and, I, and there's been so many good ones too, but I have to put it up there, and it's because it almost killed my cousin. Um, <laughs> it was this West Coast weed from Portland that came in when I was living with my Aunt Marguerite, oddly enough. <laughs> this is true. Oh, I got to tell the story real tell fast. It. I'll tell it. <laughs> so I'm living tell with more them young on their couch, story. and I get this, you know, we get in Maryland, the shit we used to get, we called it practice weed. Okay, it was all seeds and everything else. It wasn't it wasn't this West Coast shit, but some some Portland shit had floated in. And I'll I tell my cousin, like, bro, I done rolled this thing up like a champ. It was it, it to this day also, it's not only the best weed I smoked, God bless. I will never forget that the 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 tip of the fucking joint burnt like a like a perfect triangle all the way down. <laughs> never in my life. It's Illuminati weed. So my cousin hits it, and this is when we find out he's allergic to weed. Oh, he fuck. has uh, he has a fucking, he has a, this is all my Instagram. He's one of the people I saved. Okay. You ready for this? Oh yeah. I, we got to talk about this. All right. I got to tell the story. Can we just go a little long? Is that all right? All right. So I got this 1990 Honda Civic with original rims. It's oh, February. Shit. I'm parked out in front of Aunt Marguerite's house. Aunt Marguerite and Uncle Ed are dead asleep. It's about 2 a.m. 
And my cousin Jennifer. I'm glad they were dead asleep and not dead. I was like, Jesus <laughs> well, Christ. They're dead. <laughs> That's how we sleep, girl. We live like that. It we either like- dead or we dead asleep. You know what I'm saying? Or dead ass awake. One, it's always dead, though. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to tell you this. So um <laughs> My cousin Jennifer, who's like a couple years younger than us, like 19 or whatever, she's having a birthday party and she's got 17 girlfriends over. And my cousin Jennifer rolled with the hottest chicks all the time. Like I was like, you need to work for play. You need to be a pussy scout. Like this is (laughs) sick. I remember one time my cousin visited L.A. and was bringing two of her girlfriends and I had buddies over like we're leaving. I'm like, listen to me. My cousin has a she bats a thousand her track record. They're like, we're leaving. We're leaving. They happen to walk out of my place as the three of them are walking down the hallway. They turn around, look at me. They said, we're fucking staying. I said, I told you, bro, they're dimes. They're all dimes. So 15, 17 of them are inside and they're partying. Well, we go outside and I only go outside because I have one joint and I don't want to share it with these fucking girls. <laughs> I want to smoke it. And these and my cousin, I tell him, come on, it's just it's only two dudes and 15, 17 girls. So we smoke in the car. We're listening to Hendrix. I remember it specifically. And then we get out. And my cousin, when I walk around the front of the car, he's bent over on his knees. Like, like I say, like he just stole second. He's breathing heavy. He's like, I'm like, are you OK? He's like, yeah, yeah. And we walk down the driveway on the side of the left side of the house to go around the back and in. And I'll never forget, I saw the wind whip around the corner. It was like, oh, there's a warm chest. And it blew right into my chest. And I just got those high chills. You know, the high chills. But it's also February. So we go inside and we can't we can't stop shaking. So we go in his room and we just start layering up. We're throwing thermals and hoodies on. There's a fire going over there. And I keep looking at my cousin. And he's looking worse and worse by the minute. Like he's pale as shit. Now he looks gray. So I look in the mirror like, oh, my God, do I? I'm like, no, I look fine. I'm like, dude, I look. I'm like, you don't look good. He's like, I don't feel good. I'm like, you look fucked up. Go upstairs, get some fucking water and get some ibuprofen. Come back down. She's like, "Okay." he goes, "Okay." I go out to talk to my cousin, Jennifer, who's like she and I are homies. And I'm like and I'm sitting right in front of the fireplace and she comes and sits next to me. And I go, what the fuck's going on? Like, all the girls look kind of weird. She's like, we're tripping on acid. I go, nah. She goes, yeah, 15 of us. I go, nah. She goes, yeah, but the two that aren't are scared, and they're locked in the bathroom over there. I go, nah. I go, everybody here's tripping on acid. She's like, we're fucking tripping balls. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Here comes our her brother. My cousin comes down the stairs, and he just stands there. And his sister, she looks at me. She goes, Timmy does not look good. I go, yeah, he doesn't look good at all. This motherfucker stood erect, rocked back like this, rocked forward, <laughs> ate the banister of the, the handrail, cracked it, goes down on the ground. And Friday had just come out. And my cousin Jennifer doesn't miss a beat. And she jumps over everybody. And she stands right over him. She goes, you got knocked the fuck out. And didn't care. And I'm like, Jennifer, his they're tripping. So they think it's funny. His eyes roll back in his head. He starts having a fucking like seizure. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I tell one of the girls, I'm like, get on the phone. Call 911. And she hits nine. I tilt this motherfucker's head back because I've been here before. Pinch his nose. And I'm about to give my cousin mouth to mouth. Okay. And the girl hits nine. She hits one. And I get my lips like right to here. And my cousin, he goes, get the fuck off me. He snaps out of it. And I go, don't call 911. And she hangs up. 
they're still asleep upstairs. Okay. This motherfucker, he he hit the banister so hard his teeth went through here. And now he's gushing blood. And the 15 chicks on acid, they're not fucking feeling so good after watching this dude blood. They're just they're all staring at him. They're all going like this. Just touching their like so we sit in the circle. He's like, you got to take me to the hospital. I'm like, I'm not taking you to the hospital, dude. We're, we got a, a gang of people tripping on acid. We got, well, you're high as fuck. They're asleep upstairs. Like, you're going to have to ride this shit out and go in the morning and lie and say he fell down the fucking steps. That's the plan. And we just sit there. And I just start making fun of him about how he got beat up by the house. <laughs> and these girls laugh <laughs> for like three hours on acid. <laughs> And then we all get the fuck out of there. But I, I almost had to give him mouth to mouth. <laughs> I hope that answers your question, Flapjack. There you go. There's your question. Best weed oh. I ever smoked. Almost killed my cousin. Portland. <laughs> Sean O'Brien, 94. What's better? And yes, there's a difference. New Jersey Blue Claws versus Maryland Blue Claws. Get the, next. <laughs> Maryland. There's no such thing as a New Jersey Blue Claw. I mean, there is, but there is. Is that a crab? Yeah, it's a crab. Okay. Um, this is actually a really good question. Wedgie Kim, best and worst part about being a twin. Any tips for parents of twins? That's one of the things I was saying. I wish I could ask my dad when I had my daughter. Like, how the fuck do you do this with two of these things at the same time? You know? Um, best part about being a twin, honestly, for me, this is just me saying this is I had built in competition because twins could be male, female, fraternal. I had a brother, so I always had someone to play catch with, wrestle, football, tackle, whatever. Oh, you let's you can throw the farthest, spit the whatever. It was built in competition, and I feel like that really um, helped both of us be competitive in life and also strive to push each other. Um, ultimately, now you look back at it, so I think that's the best part. Um, the worst part about being a twin, I'm not identical, so it's a little different for me. We look different. The creepiest thing, I'll say this, is we sound alike. There are times when I speak and I can hear my brother's voice and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Um, my sister and I both sound exactly alike. We're not twins, but we really on the phone. Yeah, yeah. You, you would think it was you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I wouldn't know what sympathy pussy was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you getting, getting it from both One angles. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, wait, I do have it. Never yeah. having your individual birthday. There you go. Oh, that's a that you those always are perfect answers. Those you are perfect answers. Yeah. Um, Mama. Oh, Bizzle. and any tips for parents? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Man, I don't know because I'm not a parent of twins. I would say. Uh, and also, you didn't have parents, I'm, really. <laughs> you're asking the wrong. I, I'll tell you what. We'll pass on three. <laughs> I'm unqualified. <laughs> Yeah, because you were like, you guys were literally just Lord of the Flies in it for most of your childhood life. From 16 Um, on, yeah. Wedgie Kim, tips for parents. Uh, Hey, if you lose one, you still have another. It's not really a tip, it's more (laughs) just advice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mama Bizzle says, hard or soft tacos? Soft. Yeah. Flour tortillas, too. I don't even like corn. I'm a gringo when it comes to that. Me, too. I don't, I can't fuck with the hard time because sometimes it gets up in your gums and it cuts you. Or it slides down your throat and cuts you like the tip of a Dorito, (laughs) you know, and you're like, God, it just gouges you all the way down. Like, I'm going to feel that for three motherfucking days. No salt. No salt. (laughs) My my yard guy has decided to come right by my door as we're recording. So you can't. Okay, good. Um, Let's see. Grace Stewart. 
what has been the most challenging moment of your career? Mm. That's a really good question. That is. I would say transitioning from, I was a new dad and a single dad at the same damn time. My daughter was only one when we split. So I would say trying to figure out how to make that transition and move while still um, doing stand up and podcasting. I've never missed a week of podcasting ever. And then I think we took like a, a Christmas off or something the first year we were fucking around. But after that, in 10 years, I've never missed an episode. That's impressive. Cause I've definitely so. missed at least 10 for sure. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. weeks, I have definitely missed. There's been days where uh, to even want to talk, has been nearly impossible yeah. for me. Like I try to record ahead and two at a time so that at least I can always give somebody something, even when I'm going through shit. That's what I've started to do the past, I would say, I don't know, year after coming out of all the stuff is having some a cushion to you anticipate. To, I, look, I, I'm on Burtcast. Like it dropped yesterday. I think Bert's podcast. I recorded that thing with him before he left months ago. You know yeah. what I mean? Months ago. Yeah, it's all about that preparation. I would um, say that was the hardest thing is scheduling and and still maintaining all of that. Because as soon as I that happened, I had so many friends who were like, oh, your career's over. You know, you got a daughter now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then it was, no. oh, now you're a single dad. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Isn't it funny when people project their own fears and ideologies about limitations in life? Yeah. And it I'm tells like, you a did lot you have about parents? Them. Oh, you did? All right. Everything's null and void from it. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish can tell me whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's the only one. <laughs> yeah. The rest of you can suck a dick on telling me how to parent. If you had a parent, I don't need your advice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. If your mom made you a sandwich <laughs> and or asked if you were hungry, yeah. I need to talk yeah. to you. Okay. <clears throat> um, Grace Stewart is back. What made you want to get into comedy? Um, that's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. You know, what got me into comedy was sneaking down um, stairs and seeing my dad watch that Bustin' Loose movie. I, I saw these kids in it and I thought, oh, my God, I could watch this. They're kids. And I'm laying in the hallway and I laughed and I got caught and he called me in. He's like, get in here. And I was like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. I was like 10 or 11. And um, he said, sit here and watch this with me. And that was it. That was when I fell in love with Richard Pryor. I fell in love with comedy. He pulled me out of bed late one night to watch um, Eddie Murphy, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. He pulled me out to see that. He pulled me out of bed and said, come here, I want you to see this. And that's when I fell in love with Saturday Night Live. Um, and my father just was a great fucking man, like a real man. And um, like you, like We've gone. I just so thought about shit. my dad. I was like, that you that feel. I feel like you're t- talking about my dad and me yeah. when I was a kid. And and look, you have all these choices in life. Like we said, I could be a drug addict. You could. We could be this. We could. I could be dead. Whatever. I chose to laugh at the pain because I saw what how good it made other people feel. Mm-hmm. Like at my father's funeral, this is no lie. I've talked about this on the podcast. At my dad's funeral, everyone came, like our soccer coach, everyone's coming. And our JV coach came up to us and he was like the sweetest guy, a little dorky and stuff. And he's like, listen, you know, they don't know. What do you say to a 16 year old? Again, you're, and they're like, look, everyone says the same thing. If there's anything we can do, let us know. So my brothers and I decided that we had heard that shit. There's two days of viewings. We'd heard that shit so much that in order for us to get a little levity, we were going to start asking people for shit. Yeah, start cashing in on that shit. So we go, hey, when the JV coach, he comes over, 
I go, watch this. And he comes over. He's like, guys, I'm so sorry. Really and our dad is dead in a coffin in the front of the room with the lid open. And this guy's like, man, if there's anything my wife and I could do. I was like, you know what? There is actually. He's like, what's that? And I was like, we could use about $100,000. And this fucking dude, yeah, his face doing your. And then we start dying laughing. And people can't believe that we are back there laughing. We had gotten so, you know, everyone meant so well. But we were like, look, man, we got to kick this up a little bit here. And, and my cousins and I, we're all still the same way. And we are pissing ourselves like this motherfucker shit himself when we asked for $100,000. Did our give fear. you any? Did he give nah, you any? This motherfucker, we got, we're really showing up at his house. What's his name? So, um, his house. I saw how good it made people feel. And it also made me feel better, even if it's for 10 seconds or 10 minutes or whatever. Um, so I chose to take this gift that I realized I had and, and make people feel better about themselves and their shit instead of worse. That's yeah. why. It is really that simple. And, you know, I almost wonder, and I've thought about this through the loss of my dad and my mom where you don't realize that's the drive when you get into it. And that reveals itself afterwards. For me, it did, you know, because I don't know if you experience the whole questioning your own existence when your foundation is ripped from you, you're, you're a little untethered. And so you kind of are trying to find this new landing zone and it makes you very, introspective and start to break down who you are because you don't know who you are in this new world without them. And through that process, I would question like, who am I and what am I doing? And am I supposed to be doing what I'm doing? Am I doing what I'm meant for? And then I thought, well, why am I doing this? Like, why do I do stand up? You know, is it the thing that people have projected onto me through interviews and things where they're like, Oh, you just like attention? No. Well, yeah, I like the attention, but why do I like the attention? And the attention's about connection. And what is it about the connection? And then connection's about joy. And what is it about the joy? I'm creating it. I'm creating yes. that. And it's really that simple. And, and I don't think there's anything. I think that's the most noble desire and want from what you do. And it doesn't have to just be comedy. You can create joy. And this is a really important statement, I think. You can create joy in any job you have, in any Fuck career yeah. you have. Because it's Absolutely. like you said, it's a choice. It's a your choice. mindset. It's your mindset. You right. could be joyful. I've I've gone through drive throughs and the fucking girl making the coffee is joyful. Yeah. And, you know, so I think the fact that you and I, through our subsequent traumas, have chosen joy over, you know, a dirty needle and a dusty dick, we're doing okay. We're doing <laughs> We're doing all right. We are doing all one right. out of two ain't bad. You know, one out of two ain't bad. All right. Let's get to one more question. Um, oh, it's Grace again. Grace Stewart. Love the both of you and your pods. Here we go. <laughs> How's Grace keep getting this? <laughs> Have you always had such a beautiful laugh? Is she talking to you or me? She's talking to you. I mean, first of all, thank you, Grace. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever called it beautiful. Um <laughs> I definitely get it from my grandma and my dad. Like they had, my grandma was one of those laughers that would start off slow and then build. And then you would just start pissing yourself. You'd be laughing. Like, I don't even know what the fuck she's laughing at. Uh, yeah. So that, that runs in the family. I'm glad I got that. I mean, I'll take that along with your fucking bad jeans. I might as well get something good. Don't you have your laugh as a, as a ringtone? It's a ringtone. Yeah. It's oh, that's out. so great. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's stupid. I- 
can't. I can't think anybody would want it. People have asked for it for years. It's taken me a while to figure out how to do that shit. I need it. I want it. You have to I'm let me know when it's ready to launch because I want to take it. Um, I feel like obviously we could have part five, six, seven, and eight, but I really do want a Cuban sandwich. <laughs> Fuck yeah, love. I'm telling you, I love those motherfuckers. That oh, shit damn. sounds really delicious. Little Swiss. What? Pickle, don't forget the pickle, pickle. Yeah, that oh, little thin pickle. Like, they, 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 they Let me tell you, <laughs> that's a prerequisite right there. They just whisper that pickle, pickle in there. That's <laughs> what can you say to people who are listening about managing your grief through different times of your life you know what what has worked for you consistently when grief shows itself to you laughter i don't know not everyone's equipped for that that's a think it's a unique thing um but laughter for sure uh, but also I can say this, the, you know, when, when my dad died, we were forced to live in that place. We had a choice. We could have gone somewhere else, but the, 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 the community and the friends that we had made and, you know, we're on in that support, that group of people, yeah. you, we said it earlier, it takes a village, you know, listen to everyone and nothing. Okay, I would say that. I would say try therapy. I would say try journaling. I would say try meditation. I would say try everything, hiking, exercise, whatever the fuck it is that's yeah. not detrimental to you. That and and look, journaling might not be that thing. And you hear people say it's okay. Uh, meditation might, but maybe it's hiking for you. Maybe it's cycling. Maybe it's jogging. Maybe it's hanging out with your dog. Maybe it's whatever the fuck it is. But whatever that is. Find it and then lean into it and, you know, keep yourself feeling better because life doesn't give a fuck about what we want or at all, Mm -hmm. at all. It doesn't give a fuck. So especially after something like this pandemic, if everybody doesn't see that at this point now that our jobs, not just ours, but the world's jobs stopped, like shit got shut down. You're not allowed to go see here, fly here, this place, that place, like if you're not living your life for you at this point, doing what you want to do, then you didn't learn your fucking lesson from the last year because it can all go away like that. And we always used to say that about death. Yeah, we all go. Well, guess what? It didn't go away like that. The service industry is about damn near gone now. And we're talking just about living, like living. It's not even you know Getting beyond. By, not even dealing with the bullshit. Just day to day. Yes. Well, I appreciate you. Um, I feel like uh, a kindred connection with you. I always have. And knowing that your mom didn't want you really hurts my gut. It hurts me so bad. I'm going to get the van. Listen, the studio door. Rashida. (laughs) Tell Rashida to hit the gate. Get the big black one. This one's a, this is a hard job. Y'all can park in the garage. Y'all can park in the the handicap spot in the garage. All girls on dick. Let's go. <laughs> Grab some sandwiches. He's, he's hungry and sad. I need hugs too, ladies. Not just pound town. I need it all. I need I need fear, pain, and love. Okay. <laughs> Spectrum of a parental figure. Well, I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you. We'll for have a part me. three. Anytime.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.